Welcome to the South Plains Church of Christ podcast. To stay up to date on what's going on and how you can be involved, visit southplains.org. I pray that this message reveals God's truth and love to you today. Let's dive in. All of Scripture, every word, is precious and powerful and purposeful. The way, the truth, the life. But you know, if we're not careful, we will miss the forest for the trees. Clinging to individual verses and things and miss the overarching narrative of scriptures. Kind of like when you're flying and if you particularly when you first begin to fly, for me it was, I wanted to sit by the window. I don't care so much now, but I did then. And wanted to look out, and because it gave you a whole different perspective as you could see a whole forest all at once. And so today we're going to try to connect some of the dots of Scripture to see what makes, uh, how your life makes more sense. Seeing how all of Scripture connects to our vision as, as a church of Jesus. And I want to do that by considering something that's often left out when we talk about maybe around Easter, we talk about the death, burial, resurrection, and we forget there is this little thing called the ascension. Let's look in Acts 1 at that. Because what I want us to see is the church is not a destination point for a crowd, but rather it's a vehicle to send people out into the neighborhoods and nations. If you're familiar with, our, with the space program, then, then you're aware of something called the space shuttle that was engineered. It was engineered to be a vehicle to be used time and time and time again for trip after trip after trip. And the church is a vehicle to send people out generation after generation after generation until Jesus returns. So what began here? Out on that little cement block building out there in 1974 isn't supposed to stop until Jesus returns. And we go knowing the great commandment of Jesus. We just sang it. To love the Lord your God with all that you are. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And we go recognizing what we often refer to as the great commission to make disciples. To the ends of the earth. Every local congregation, every community of followers of Jesus has a global mandate to share Jesus' good news of the kingdom with our neighbors and with the nations. And so much of how you do the mission of God depends upon your motivation. And our motivation, as we were reminded during the Lord's Supper this morning, our motivation is the love of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.14 Christ's love controls us. Christ's love compels us to be his ambassadors. We want 
We, we, we go wanting to share good news with the world, with our neighbors, because, because God loves us and because God loves them and because Jesus, out of love, died for us and we want to be like him. Sharing his love and sharing the good news of the kingdom with those around us. And God left his disciples some instructions, and I begin reading in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Sort of a mission to-do list. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything, everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up into heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many different ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when they were eating, he was eating with them. He commanded them do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, is, is, the, is this the time that you're about to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching until they could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into the heavenlies, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them and said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into the heavenlies, but someday he will return from heaven the same way you saw him go. This is the story of Jesus after he finished his work on earth. After he was crucified, he was in the, in the tomb three days, and he was raised to life by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is remembered. See, not just East, each Easter, but every Sunday as we pause and we share in this covenant meal together with him, we are reminded of this, and we celebrate the good news of Jesus in it. But what often gets overlooked or forgotten is this story of ascension, which is a very important part of how the church began. It is, if you please, the launch button from the rhythm of the Gospels that are telling the story of Jesus. Jesus is always moving towards Jerusalem. You remember reading that in Luke, particularly chapter 9, verse 51, and he, he faced, turned his face resolutely towards Jerusalem. He's always headed towards Jerusalem, towards the cross. And then when you come to this book we call Acts, 
This is the story of Jesus' people, and they are always moving away from Jerusalem on mission for God to give testimony of the good news of Jesus, to pick up where Jesus left off. Now, Luke wrote not just his gospel, but also this book we know called Acts, and it really kind of picks up. And so he begins this one by saying, in my first book, in the gospel of Luke, I told you about everything Jesus began to do and teach. And now he's saying, I'm going to continue telling you about what his church continued to do and teach. What the, what the Holy Spirit would do within the disciples as an extension of what Jesus was doing in, in, in his earthly mission. Some of us remember fondly a radio program called Paul, uh, uh, by Paul Harvey who was marked by his unique storytelling model where he would, he would always build, he would be telling a story and build it up to a point of consternation or a point of interest. And then he would say, and now? The rest of the story. That's what the book of Acts is. It's revealing to us as followers of Jesus, this is, this is us. We are the rest of the story. What Jesus began continued through his followers, the church in the book of Acts, and it extends all the way down to us Today, there are 28 chapters in the book of Acts, and some people have suggested there's a 29th chapter, and we're continuing to write it, even today. Jesus lived for 30, about 33 years on this earth, three of which were his ministry, we term it. And, and he left his disciples, the church, filled with the Holy Spirit to carry on what he started. Church, we are called to move. South Plains Church of Christ has an address at 6802 Elkhart Avenue, Lubbock, Texas. And we are to minister to the neighborhood and the neighborhoods around us, but we are to move out from where we are. It's not an option. In verse 8 of Acts 1, the words there, a little grammar lesson just to make English teachers happy. The grammar there is future imperative intense. You will be, if you decide to, if you want to be. No, no, no. It says you will be my witnesses. We are to tell of Jesus in their neighborhood, and we are also sent to tell about him in nations. The phrase Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth is not implying once you get all of Jerusalem converted, then you move to Judea, and then after that you move to Samaria. That's not the way it is. It's, this is not a chronological uh, in order thing. It's a global mandate given to every disciple of Jesus, which is why missions is so important and why we make so much of sharing any group of Christians that exists only to draw a crowd is a group completely derailed from God's mission. The goal is not to gather as many people as we can in one place. The goal is not to see how many Christians we can warehouse in this room, 
although I love a crowded room at South Plains on Sunday mornings, not a bad thing. But our ultimate thing, the ultimate thing, purpose is not just a crowd. Our purpose is to be a vehicle for the good news of Jesus to go out. Matthew 24, verse 14, the good news about the kingdom will be preached through the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end is come. So if you care about the end of the story, you will participate in completing the story. This theme is, runs throughout Scripture. More than geopolitical lines, more than ethnic language groups, God's desire that the entire world gets to hear his good news. That when these people heard this term, all the nations, when they heard this in the first century, they would have, these Jews would have identified it with Abraham's covenant in Genesis 12 when God told him, I'm going to bless all the nations through you and your descendants. God would bless all people through Israel and the Messiah that came through it. A missionary is somebody we know who crosses boundaries for the purpose of telling the good news message of Jesus in order to make disciples. Crosses boundaries. And that boundary may be the property line between your house and your neighbor's house. It can be a geopolitical line, which is why our share mission groups go out. And they go to other countries. They go, they, some are going to, uh, went to Mexico, and, and some are going to Brazil in a few uh, months. And, and, and others will be going to Rwanda. It can be a language line, especially the Spanish language in our area. But, but even more, if you recognize the campus of Texas Tech and all of the international students that are in our community. And it can be an economic boundary, which is one of the reasons we also share in ministry with Open Door as well as others. There are a lot of boundaries in our world where if we follow Jesus, we will be tearing them down. Because everybody needs to hear the good news of the kingdom. And it doesn't say should or ought, but will be. The great confidence is the church will go. People will hear. People will be reconciled. People will be redeemed. It's a promise. The only question remaining is, will we be a part of that? Do we care about the end of the story? Are we participating in the rest of the story? If we are followers of Jesus, then in a real sense, we are God's promise to the nations. I've mentioned before, if you're somebody who likes to check out the ends of book before you actually read the book, that's cheating in some ways, I know, but still, you wonder who's, who's, who's still there on the back page of the book. What's the author saying in the last paragraph on the book? And, and the last page of our book is the story of a victorious Jesus. Jesus told us in Matthew 24, verse 6, You will hear of wars 
and threats of wars and all kinds of bad things going on. Don't panic. And he tells us in verse 14, the end is not here yet. So what does this mean for you and, and me? What well, means this? Quite simply, each, every, everyone can reach someone. There is always room in God's kingdom for one more. In our, you know, in our culture, we talk about more from, a, from our culture. Our culture is a consumerism culture, right? And so we talk about more, more money, more fame, more YouTube views, more Twitter followers, more food, more stuff. I remember the first word my grands learned, Ted, was more. Yeah, so before that they could talk and they finished eating, they could say, more. You know, more. What's that kid doing? More. Time to go to bed. More. What does more mean in the kingdom? means more people it means more relationships in the kingdom of God why are you standing here staring into the heavens an inactive non-participating Christian does not understand the significance of the ascension a totally inappropriate response to the king of kings, King Jesus, is just standing around staring. We have work to do. These disciples witnessing this in verse 6 were like little kids in the car. Are we there yet? I mean, are we about to the end? Is this it? It's understandable because here at confession time, I'd be right there with them. But Jesus says, no, no, in the meantime, we live in the meantime, in between the first coming and the second coming. And in the meantime, we have a mission. And the question is not, will I go or not? The question is, where and to whom will I be going? Because there is someone in your life that God has put there right now. Why? So that you could tell them the good news of God's love and his kingdom and what he has done for them. It might be a child of yours or a grandchild. Folks, it may be when you volunteer to be telling them that in the classes in Bible lands or in journey lands or in the youth program because that's what this is. And anyone can reach someone. And so our church address, 6802 Elkhart, is not an accident. Your home address is not an accident. We have been sovereignly placed where we are so we can reach people where we are. There is someone in your circle. You exist so someone can hear wonderful good news 
And the question simply is, who is that for you? It may be a coworker, it may be a friend, it may be a neighbor, it may be a family member. If you, again, if you're a parent, it's one of the big ones put in your life is your child. This movement of God's kingdom is not so much about how many people we have here in this room at any given time, but about how many people are coming into God's kingdom, which is why he's placed you in your house, why he's put you in that cubicle, why you are in that school, in that dorm room, in this spot right now, for that specific reason. Reaching the nations. You stop and ponder that a little bit, and it becomes overwhelming, even intimidating. Billions of people. How can we possibly do that? Good news. Jesus points you to one. Who's your one? Who's that person? To show God's love to them. To show God's hospitality to them. To share God's good news and his good community with them. Because there is always room for one more in God's kingdom. The message, the message that the angels gave is, quit standing around staring. But remember, he is coming on the clouds. And who can stop the Lord? God Almighty. We'd love to pray with you and share with you. Some of our elders will be down front. Uh, Bob, Bob will be upstairs. Ken, Ken Rainwater will be in the prayer room off the south foyer. Uh, we would love to do that. But we're going to end this time together this morning reminding ourselves of who's actually in control and who it, whose mission we're on as we stand together and as we sing. Thanks for listening. Again, I want to encourage you to visit southplains.org where you can find all sorts of information, including how to contact us and how to request prayer. Thank you for joining us.